shows whatever we want to talk about all fair game we were planning on having another member join us today but he had some I, I guess we should call it technical difficulties I guess but anyways we'll start introducing everyone let's start with I don't know you want to go by Troy or get this time uh either one that's me hello we'll call, we'll call you by your um birth certificate name your government name troy oh the fuck my babylon name troy you want to plug anything your instagram anything else uh no uh this instagram listen to us that was very enthusiastic all right stan what about you uh i don't have any plugs he's the last one okay anyway justin your go I like to uh, plug my butt plug. <laughs> That's about it. It got it like has to um, recharge. It's a fancy one. Perfect. What kind of charger is it? Like a micro? <laughs> we are off to a good professional start, okay, guys. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a USB C. Oh, only the best. Only the best for your. Oh butt yeah. Plug. All right, and lastly, me, Plaza dude. I will plug my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Flossadude, and as well as my YouTube. You can find it through my Twitch or just look up Flossadude on YouTube. Haven't posted any videos. We will soon start recording these podcasts and put them on YouTube through Justin's channel and mine. He will post clips. I'll post the full thing. And eventually, sometime around mid-August, we will start recording this live on Twitch. That's the plan. Possible to change. But let's get started. So the format of this podcast works into just about four segments. We'll start off talking about different weekly series, movies, whatever, TV shows, mainly anime, because I'm figuring that's what most of us do watch at least regularly. But we can always bring up other shows in case any of us want to talk about it and mention it. Then we will go to some news segments, discuss some news in anime, comics, whatever. Maybe politics if we want to get like people really angry. That's always fun. Then we will have our main discussion topic. Pre-discussed, of course, by us. And it will be topics about anime, comics, maybe big movie releases, things like that. And lastly, we'll have our cool down period where we just start chilling and talking. And once we start getting, you know, doing this live, we will probably do like live questions, Q&A with the fans and however we want to go about it. All right, guys, you ready? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, so do you want to talk about individual stuff first, like different shows we're watching? Because the anime season has just begun, and, you know, there's plenty of anime to go around. I'm pretty sure we've all watched different stuff, most likely. I know Stan has watched some stuff I haven't watched, and I've watched some stuff I know you guys haven't watched. Or do you want to get to the main series that we're all watching, um, God of High School? Did Stan even watch that? Yeah, I, I did. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I watched the first episode, and it was... I mean, I, I don't know if anybody else has read the webtoons. And they left a few beginning parts in the anime that they didn't really... I felt like it was lackluster, and it wasn't really going anywhere at the beginning. It just wanted to introduce your main characters. Yeah. And then yeah. just show the cool part of it. Yeah, my uh, my thoughts on it, I, I kind of... like Since I knew we were going to be talking about it, I kind of actually thought about it. And 
it felt almost exactly like what they did with uh, Tower of God. And I figured that's basically because the story has a similar format, at least from in the beginning, where it's like a it's a tournament of strong people <laughs> to narrow down into less strong people, and then they get a and then they get whatever they want at the end. And also, I felt like since it's by the same company and it's a uh, a webtoon adaption, which is like a new thing. I feel like they're just kind of already messing up in the way that like they're just doing the same things. Which and we already know how yeah. that turned. We we already know how that turned out with Tower of God because they cut out a ton of stuff and like yeah, the end of the season, everybody was disgusted. So high school, yeah. God of high school, but I or I get I get them mixed up. I never got around to the first one. This most recent one, God of Towering High School, I thought was mid. Uh, I didn't really give high a shit about any of the like world or what was going on. The fight's tight. Like, I'm pretty sure Mappa is involved. is very impressive to watch. But I was like, I don't give a shit about the dude on his bike or the weird nose guy who punches hard. The cute girl with glasses and the sword's like cute, but like sick. You get to your any wish granted. If you win, I was like, I don't know. Deck of Dance had me more invested in like the first two minutes. I was like, it was like a dinosaur. Girl's dad's getting fucked up. I was like, this is tight. This other one, I was like, nah, it's mid. Looks beautiful, but stories. I say something. Po- I doubt you. I doubt you, you got high praise. So negative right now. It's absolutely wild. Let alone. <laughs> okay, I don't have high praise, but I'm considering this is a first episode. It, compared to like okay webtoons are like just getting into the field of becoming anime and because of how they're written i'm assuming like what they did with tower of god was essentially season one of the whole webtoon was converted into one whole season of anime and the time frame for how many episodes they wanted to give it i think was a disadvantage to the series because there was a lot of key details that weren't added but i didn't read until after i watched and there was episodes, I think, that the series had really good, you know, effort put into it. But then there was episodes that I thought were really lackluster and had very bad pacing. And towards the end of the series, they cut out a lot of major scenes because I had read it towards the last two episodes before those came out. I, I, re- I read it, so everything I had seen prior, I'm like, okay, there are scenes that the anime did good. And then there are scenes that I think the anime, like, cut out that probably would have helped. But when you get to the very end, there's a lot of changes that are made that I'm like, I get the point for the anime audience, but at the same time, I'm like, these scenes, like, if you're making a season two, and if you're going to do it the same way you did season one, it's really going to kill the whole series, which would be disappointing because there's major events that happen as well as how you do it in itself. And I felt that it, like, took away from more impactful scenes. Like, there was whole scenes with characters cut out from, like, the last two episodes when it came to Yuri Jihad coming in. And this is all just about Tower of God right now. But in terms of God of High School, in terms of a first episode, I can at least say I'm more interested yeah, dude, in I'm t- it's <laughs> than God of High School did. I mean, wow. God of High School, I was yeah, less t- invested in. One. <laughs> yes, God of God, Tower of High School. We, we, we know what it is. Anyways, so God, Tower of God... Tower of God, the characters were, even reading it, I'm not super invested into the characters, and I'm fully caught up. 
I feel like that's one of the weak points of the series is there's only like a handful of characters I'm interested in. But for God of High School, at least based on this first episode, I'm slightly more invested he's got the big, into he's, Mori Jin. It's Big Nose and... The girl whose name I forgot. Sword Girl. The other guy whose name I forgot. I mean, it's only one episode. They, they all have a similar red nose. They all, they all snort. We know, we know what it is. They have the same nose, the same red ears, you know. They're just really scratchy people. The music also, another positive. The music, it's slapped hard as shit. Now, for the music, I like the actual soundtrack, but I'm not like, I'm not super into electro or like dubstep style. So like I'm listening to the opening. I'm like, I don't hate the opening, but it's something I will skip probably ever, every time I listen to it just because. Oh, uh, dude, I turned it. I was listening to it so loud. I ran it back. I was like, this is like some 2007, like some weird. I was so, I know. I texted like four people. <laughs> I was like, you guys need to watch the first four minutes of this fucking show. No, it had, it had a pretty old, but it was all in English too. So I'm like, dang, I understand every word. So I'm like, it's not exciting. But I think the fight, like, uh, I might be wrong, but Justin, you can, uh, clarify me on this one but like i'm assuming the fight is going to be a key instrument in developing the characters and like showing the story progression overall so essentially having good animation might be a bonus yeah but that's just my thought and it's only one episode in so you know it has time to really show off yeah so i've been invested in the this webtoons for a long time because i became a fan of it from the beginning and the reason why i became a fan of it was because they had a little story back about the grandpa they had like when you saw the first episode it showed kind of a the blonde guy like they were like Mori wanted to fight him again. What they didn't show was the one guy who looks like he already passed the tower or is like one of the leaders of it, and he was going to bring him in. And then you see at the tease at the end of the episode where Mori Jin's like the guy is talking to another one of those leaders, and he's like, "Oh, that guy, you're that he's the one you brought in, and did you get a little hurt or something?" And Mori Jin's just like, "Oh." You're here, and I want to fight you. See, I, I saw the episode, and they hinted that they fought, but in the webtoons, they shot just a tiny bit to get you more hyped about the character going into the God of High School tournament, because... Do you think they might um, show it in another episode? I mean, there's, there's a good chance they probably won't. But, like, yeah, it could just be flashback for the next episode, you know? I mean, it couldn't be really that much because, spoiler for people who haven't seen previous to episode one, it was just him going to a regular high school. I think he had fought somebody before and the blonde guy came to recruit him and Mori didn't want to at, at first but when they started to fight it skipped a little bit like it did it didn't want to show too much and they showed Mori being excited to actually join it instead of him actually hearing it like on his phone or something and and you just see him all let's just introduce all these characters going to this tournament that they haven't really heard about there's no motivation for them to be there. It's just for like fighting purposes. Because that's the thing that I don't like what Crunchyroll is doing. Because it's just going to show them wanting fans to come in because of the fighting. Yeah, I think that is like one thing about the series that I feel like there is such an emphasis to the fighting that 
there's a chance that they'll not focus as much on the story. And, like, fighting's cool and all, but that's not what I get into a series for. Yeah. I think that because the series seems like it involves an intrinsic need to the fighting, that there is a story that will be told. I just don't know how much you lose along the way until, you know, I eventually, like, read the whole series or something like that, you know? The backstory helps a lot because Dewey Han, the guy you call, like, the Bigos, and... I forget her name, Mira Yo, uh, the sword girl. You don't get to figure out why she carries a wooden sword instead of a real sword until later on. It's anime logic that carry a wooden sword because they're just absolute savages. You know, you give them a real sword, everyone dies. We know how it works. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That's what they want you to think. It's just like in the webtoons, they introduced a little bit of the backstory so that you can get invested into the characters early on. Instead, they just saw the characters do a little fighting together and then boom, they become friends out of nowhere. I mean, it kind of happened like that in the webtoons, but it was introduce the characters first and a little bit of the like spicing a little above the backstory and then show the reasoning for why they're going into the god of high school tournament because mm -hmm. dewey han his back to is pretty cool i'm not gonna spoil anything he has something he's working for i mean he he's coming right off of a shift of his work and you know he's talking about how he had to switch shifts for this and all so it's Seems like he has something he's working for that he needs, like, money for or something. Yeah, and it's a, actually a good reasoning for it, too, because th that's one thing that I liked about the anime episode one was they hinted at something, but they didn't let you know the full thing. I was watching it on the bus on my way to work, but it was it was a little bit weak. Of an introduction like you can see them sprinkle a few gag jokes but it didn't work as well as what the webtoons has introduced and obviously anime is never gonna go word for word on what the manga or manhwa or webtoons has to say they have to go a little bit further ahead than just to speed up the process and i think that's what is going to mess up the fan base because not a lot of people are going to invest into it. Well, as far as what I see of the fan base, I mean, if we're going off of assumptions, I'm saying we get a Dragon Ball Z style fan base that, you know, when you talk to a Dragon Ball fan, you, you don't hear about how good the story is no no one's telling you the story's a 10 out of 10 it's um i like uh let me say i like zoro as a character but can he beat goku though do i care no but i'm still gonna hear it so you know i don't think the fan base will get that bad clearly but it seems like just from the reactions i've seen People are mainly talking about the fights, so I'm assuming if the series continues in the same manner it does, 
that's what's going to get all the focus is the fights. And, you know, if the story is good enough, then maybe you'll get, you know, the balance between people who care about both. But overall, I mean, Mappa is putting a lot of work into the animation and looks very good. So, of course, the fights are going to be very hyped up. And they'll, they, just from episode one, they look amazing. But, you know, if the series is good, you don't want the fights to be the only thing talked about. You know, you want the value of the main story to be talked about as well. Yeah. And then... And in comparison to the webtoons, which I'm not going to be doing all the time, I forget because it was a while ago when I started reading it, but I don't remember the audience being there. Like, I think they put the audience in there just to make the hype a lot more crazy. Make it feel more alive. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think it's a nice touch, but it's also a preliminary, so if they didn't include it, I'd say it makes sense, but, you know, it gives you a better feel when they are fighting, gives you background noise and such, it kind of helps. It had more, like, the way they introduced the wristband, and how they said, oh, this person's a lower level than me. In the webtoons, they made it seem like you can hide your level, like, it's not gonna actually show your true level and so i think it's just natural it just records what your level is at it doesn't like just say oh this guy leveled up because he bit this person it kind of just maps out your train and the thing that would have got people more hyped is that people were looking at maury and his level was pretty low and See, I, I, I was waiting for that moment, and they didn't show it, and I was like, dang. I was, I was assuming he's going to be, like, level 2 or something dumb, stupid like that. But they didn't show it. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's fine, because they, they all ran at him like, oh, this guy looks weak anyway, so it's fine. But I was waiting for that moment where it shows like him at, like, level 1 or 2, and everyone's like, oh, is this guy? And the story, this, the story does expand further than what is being shown and that's what happened in the webtoons too they they showed you what they wanted to show you but they didn't tell the full story and that's what was good about it was they make you think that oh it's just a fighting tournament no there's story behind it and if Crunchyroll continues with this yeah, like, the overall just, like, world of the anime was not interesting to me. Like, yeah, I was just like, oh, word. Like, there's a girl who loves muscles, got a wooden sword. Dude with a big nose has got a fucking job. The, the dude with a big nose? Speaking of the dude with the big nose, I just wanted to say... <laughs> His character design looks exactly like Redestro from the My Hero Academia. Let me just say, don't compare anyone to Redestro. I will stand my ground. I think Redestro is trash. <laughs> I am not a fan. He's, he looks the same. I don't know what it is with him. Like it's uncanny. His nose is like five times the size. Completely different ballparks here. I'm trying to like this new guy. Don't compare him. 
his backstory and his involvement with other characters is really well written. It's not. It's not usually you see a big tough guy, and you're like, eh. It's more gonna be like he has a cool backstory and a nice yeah, I mean, story going forward. And you're gonna be really interested in what they introduce in it. This is only the first episode, so there's only so much we can talk about so far. Looking back on it. We'll close off our thoughts real quick as long as everyone else has any quick thoughts to say. I have one more then, thing. You know, we'll talk about other series. All right, go ahead. Uh, looking back on the episode, <laughs> the preliminary fight uh, reminds me a lot of like uh, Food Wars, actually. Yeah, where it's like, you got <laughs> 17 to seconds say. to cook 400 fucking egg dishes. <laughs> no. Thousand yeah, exactly. Like, if you don't exactly do it, just like you're expelled and we kick your mom. Alright, I will say, I mean, outside of the general complaints you guys had, the scene when he's on the bike chasing the motorcycle guy, I love that scene. I It, it was hilarious. It, it made me laugh. I was a fan. It made me laugh. I, wa- I watched the scene during when it was sent as a like five-minute preview by Crunchyroll, and I was like, oh, shoot, this is actually hilarious. And so it got me more interested into the series. And hopefully if the comedy keeps up, because I do love series that can manage great comedy as well as action. So if the comedy keeps up, there is something to keep me invested. I know the action will be good. And, you know, if there's a good story, then it, you know, takes all the beats I need to at least enjoy the series. If it ever feels like it's missing something, you know, it's one of those things that I'll be like, okay, in this episode, I feel like it's missing this or that. But overall, if it can keep that core, which I'm assuming it has in the, you know, webtoon, I'd say it's, it'll at least be an enjoyable watch. Maybe it won't be like a 10 out of 10 or as good as the source material. But if it has, you know, those basic things, I think the series will at least be enjoyable you know, for the summer. Yeah, that'll be a running gag. Her face or head, I bet. They, they did it like uh, multiple no, when times. She the sign, when she ran into the sign. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I know for a fact that once she gets her glasses, when she gets her glasses back, she's gonna be like 7,000 times stronger, you know, how it works. It's anime. What, what I saw is... They stretched out the bike scene a little too far because it wasn't that long. It was more of a... I'm, I'm fine with them stretching it out. Uh, that was probably my favorite like entertainment aspect part of the episode until like the very end where he pants the prisoner. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that they got that straight from the webtoons. It was funny. Yeah, so if that's all we have on this, what other series have you guys been watching? Let's start with Decadence because you guys have mentioned it. I think I'm the only one who hasn't watched it. So go ahead. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. All right, Decadence, kind of tight. Reminds me of like Thurling and the Franks in another show that I forgot at the moment. So if you're real quick, if you're comparing it to Darling and the Franks, are, are you comparing it to the ending? Like 
monster things that remind me very much of the darling and the pranks like clackasaurs and then people with a weird last bastion for humanity fighting these things with similar type style odm gear but like they kind of fly they don't use grappling hooks it's kind of like zero g type shit but anyway the main character's dad is fighting in the army against these things she gets injured when she sneaks into like freaking mission uh she ends up joining the like human aspect that like helps run the military from beneath forget what they're called stan do you remember something weird what, uh what are they they're like thrashers or something weird i think they're called power oh that might be but yeah she basically gets put on cleaning duty when she wants to join the army but then a bunch of big ass monsters attack she gets caught up in the battle and her boss goes fucking babies dude, dude starts killing everything and then the entire like bastion for humanity like turns into a piston punching thing cold clocks this like rhino it was sick i was like never heard of this fucking show turned out to be super tight i was like hopefully it stays tight because like i don't know it could fall off it could be cool i know nothing about the source material so it actually doesn't have any source material i looked it up yeah i heard about that too. it's uh it reminded me a lot of um a mix between uh gurren lagan and uh attack on because the the story of like um the the humans fighting the monsters in like robots reminded me of Gurren Lagann but um the ODM gear like the people fighting monsters and the mech in the ending that fought the giant monster I was not expecting that and I was really hyped about it so I'm definitely looking forward yeah. to the the second episode um I I don't know if it's out yet or not I only watched the first one but uh the the main the main character is really likable i'm excited for where the plot's gonna go there was one um there was one annoying guy that almost got a bunch of people killed so screw that guy i was just about to say we don't have a rating system yet come on guys you gotta sell these shows with like your utmost passion we don't need a rating system we're just discussing them. so i think i think you guys should both watch watch for sure i'm like wait to see how um certain shows play out because i already have like i don't know 12 shows i'm watching weekly so you know i'm trying not to add <laughs> too much more i like this one more than god of high school it was a tier it was like pete or kirby on the n64 wasn't pikachu yeah wasn't broken but just as far as first episodes i'm putting it out of kirby all right, what other shows do you guys want to talk about? Let's hop on Fire Force. Who, who's watched Fire Force? Not me. I know me and Troy have definitely watched these first two episodes. And I gotta say, I didn't expect it to come back so strong. I mean, I know a lot of people dropped off early in season one because the beginning half was like a general mystery so story. And like mystery anime tend to take time before, you know, the plot really builds up and it's very rare that you get super invested in the first two or three episodes 
usually there's one or two things that'll get you into it and then you know eventually it'll add on until mm-hmm. you get that big reveal and then you know you're super invested i'd say fire force the episodes that really took off were like i think 11 and 12 when they went to the seventh division fire force when you had uh, yeah when they went to benny and you know that whole ordeal happened and then the series after that point really took off Fuck the yes. characters became more lively their interactions were more interesting i mean i'd say obi was mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite <laughs> at least from the beginning and then you get to benny and then you have you know more characters shinra starts to grow arthur is arthur you know you get uh lieutenant hinoa He's definitely a very interesting character when you get to the season finale of season one, and he has solo fight. Yeah, you see his backstory, and then you get an idea of, like, what his actual ability can do, and you're like, okay, so this guy's chucking heat. Like, he's not just, like, shooting shit with his gun. He's, like, out here. And then we get into, um, what, season two, where it's reintroducing all the characters, and you get to see some of their more questionable quirky attributes <laughs> and uh, the first episode definitely threw me off i didn't expect it to be so invested into the comedy act especially with uh captain obi and uh lieutenant <laughs> was was a nude calendar photo shoot for the fire and it was only male models that they were doing and so you have that one scene with Shinra, and he's like, "Oh shoot, Cap- uh, Captain Hiban is gonna be into this." Um, no, Iris comes up behind him, like, and oh, she's like, "Sorry to break it to you, but this is yeah." She's male. like, "Why would or, you, I think it might why would Iris you want her to be in it?" One of them. Like, what are you thinking? But he got super disappointed. She's like stepping on people over there, like she's fired. But you have like the whole beginning of the episode reintroduce the whole team, and they fight that one giant monster, and you get completely thrown off once you get to that second half of the episode. So I think that was a good comeback episode to like reintroduce everyone. So you get you know a nice touch of the animation with the action. You get the soundtrack going again. All the characters are there. You get to see some of the humorous moments when they all sell out Shinra for giving the clothes to Captain Hinoa, even though he did not do it at all. And they just sold him out. And he was going to step up for them to be nice in mm-hmm. terms of Maki... Which one's Firecat? The one fire girl with the lucky electroler whose name slips me, even though it sounds almost exactly like Maki. And then it, it's a fox, Kitsune, I'm pretty sure. But then we get to the second Wait, episode. What and oh, I, yeah, I'm on I the mean, same page. I thought it was If you were on the same page as me, Troy, that second episode, that was quality. Like, the first season, you didn't get those type of episodes mm-hmm. until, like, close to the very end. Some of them in the middle, like when you first have Benny fight and Shinra against the invading, what are they, the uh, evangelists? So those episodes, like in the middle of the series and towards the end, when they go into the nether, I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. But this episode where you have the mystery build-up between the job, and it's the captain of the fourth, and Shinra meeting up, and he's a total masochist. Oh my gosh. I mean, I was both creeped out and laughing most of the scenes, but he had so much passion for getting hurt. She said the first killer. Where Arthur has to fight Shinra because I'm guessing 
that's the actual leader of the Avengers? No, 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 no. She was... I, yeah, because I, I misunderstood that scene when they were talking, so I rewound it. She's talking to the dude. She's like, the first pillars made a connection with Shinra. And then the other dude's like, the first pillars here? And then she starts beating the shit out of him. She's like, no, she's linking with an Adola link. Like, she wouldn't need to be here. Like, you know, like, calling him an idiot and stuff. I was like, because oh, I thought the same thing. I was like, but she's just a really powerful uh Like, she more or less has control of the Adola link, and she's basically manipulating Shinra into all of his deepest desires. Mm-hmm. And basically confusing his own memories because he's thinking, oh, I have to find the demon who killed my mom. Except his mom is the demon. And so, like, he's blinded with this rage. And so, eventually, when his Adola Link activates because of the Captain of the Fourth, like, triggering it, he loses complete control. And this is the division he did train in. They do all the training for the Fire Force Company, so he has friends in here. And so this leads to a big brawl between, I think, the lieutenant of the division, the captain, Arthur arrives late, and then what was his name? Like, Ogie or something? I don't know. I I was pretty stoned. I'm pretty yes, sure there the were, like, multiple <laughs> the show. black recruits I mean, at the force. Or I might have just kept seeing the same dude. Probably the most <laughs> prominent, but... But I'm pretty sure... I might have to rewatch. I don't think he was, like, the only black member of the force. Um, I thought it was. I wanted more. Anyway, to get to that whole scene with Arthur. I like that we got a little backstory about that fight of like what makes Arthur tick. Because his whole like Night King bullshit, everyone just kind of like lets him do it. But it's all you've always just been like, is this dude got like some form of psychosis? Yeah, and then you like kind of find out that like family his dad was like yeah totally you, you think he's like kind <laughs> but of then stupid. it was like tight he goes into like full-on he like blacks out and and, like and, it's time to be the night king bad so so basically for anyone who cares what essentially happens is they show his backstory because he's about to fight shinra and okay i looked up the guy's name it's ogun not ogi so he, he's basically looking at him and then it just transitions into yeah oh gun like oh gun but it transitions into arthur's flashback and he's like just with his family and his dad always looks like he's distant and so he he talks to his dad his dad's like looking inside his hat and so he puts the hat on arthur and he's like you know i see a world stars in here and arthur he's like what do you see arthur and arthur sees a kingdom and a castle that he needs to protect. And then out of nowhere, his parents just like abandon him. It's fine. And say, so you got this. Good luck. This is your castle. Protect it. And they just dip. I, I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but I was like, wow. I was like, dang. And so he's in a complete delusion that he needs to protect his castle. And he is the night king. Dude, yeah, the animation this, this season. Like, wow. And then the whole fight was crazy. And you have Shinra being manipulated during the whole fight. The animation looks really Yeah, clean. like, it's really impressive. Seeing Shinra, when he does his little, like, 
finger thing to activate the chakra. And then, like, Arthur's still able to, like, keep up. I was like, bro, what is your deal? Like, how broken are you? Uh, bro, that was so crazy. And then the scene where he grabs the captain because he's a masochist. And in his vision, he's a shield. So Shinra starts kicking at him. And so he just grabs him by his shirt and just he uses him as a shield. Oh, my gosh. I was laughing. That yeah, was, like strength, oh, speed, hilarious. recovery. I was like, you are straight up like bard. Which I think that's what he was in the Night King's mm-hmm. psychosis vision. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much. So we'll basically try to wrap up this end of the discussion. We did talk about a lot. It's okay. But, I mean, as far as the episodes go, it's hooked me back really quick, faster than I expected. All right, guys, what other series do you got you want to talk about? Uh, did anybody else watch Misfit of Demon High School? I know Stan watched that. I mean, you can go ahead if you want. If you sure. have anything to say, if you want to recommend it. Uh, I don't really recommend it at this point. It just kind of felt like another demon lord high school harem anime but um it's supposed to get uh darker and and more gory so i'm gonna look out for that in the future but at this point it's just kind of whatever i don't really recommend starting it any uh anime from this season in particular so we can breeze through it's almost been an hour since we've just been talked about um got a high school for a while so we gotta talk about origairu that's what i was waiting for stan i mean okay i know origairu is popular in a lot of circles of the anime fandom you know it's a rom-com with hikigaya hachiman super what's the best way to describe him stan he is um anti-social and uh never really gets along with anybody in high school but it's pretty much like a very cynical character yes he's he's based in cynicism and um logic and so i'm assuming because it's ore gairu or um yahari ore no seishun love comedy this my teen romantic comedy. Yes, for the people who use the English titles, which would have been smarter, but it's on my phone right here, so I can just look at the title right off the tab. So, you know, I'm just being complicated for the sake of being complicated. But, I mean, there's a lot of... I know me and Stan in particular have watched a lot of romantic comedy-style anime because not everyone is good. Yeah. I'll say that straight up. I don't care about everyone, but there are a few that really write the characters well. They have really well-written character dynamics, fun to follow, a lot of good emotional impact. And at least for the series in general, just to talk about quick recap of the first two seasons, I'd say majority of the first season was okay until you got to like the last two episodes where it kind of devolved into like this psychological panic for the main character and like that's where i got invested and i think that's when i told you about it stan yeah. and then i think season two overall was a lot better developed you have a lot of the relationships with the characters hachiman is like getting more out there 
So you get a lot of more, a lot more dynamics, and then the whole love triangle aspect starts to ramp up, and so you have a lot more outside forces affecting their relationships and all. And I'll I'll say that um, with the love triangle aspect, a lot of like rom com anime, you can like pick and choose uh, what you like wish would happen. And like based on just context and like the different uh, outward like variables, you know. But with this one, the like the story has developed and the characters have developed to a point where I honestly do not know what I want from this. Because no matter what happens, no matter what choice the main character makes, I feel like it's going to end and I'm going to be sad. <laughs> and so that is why I vote for this anime to become a harem. I, I mean, more or less, it's, you know, kind of what it is, but it won't be at the end. But it, it, it's what comes with this style of anime. Now, there's not much I in particular want to say about this because it's season three. So if you haven't watched it, you know, I would definitely recommend watching it. Like I said, it takes a little while for it to become as investing as it gets. But it is a very well-written story, I will say, towards the end of season one into season two. This is just based off the anime. And I know Stan loves Hachiman's best friend. Oh, yes. I he actually you know how I said uh how I said I didn't know what I wanted out of this? I uh I am definitely team psycha all the way. Oh my god. <laughs> so you're going for the Yaoi approach. If you guys don't know Psycha, w- would you call him Bashonin? Uh I guess. I, I I guess that's all I can think of to call him. He looks female, you know, he's a guy. Normal for anime. Bit of a femboy. But he's super nice and innocent. And Hachiman can't help (laughs) but be attracted. And he always has to fight this urge because he always thinks that's the girl for him, even though he knows it's a guy and it's his friend. All right. Any. All jokes aside, I'm definitely. If you want to watch it, I'd recommend. I definitely think, actually, I am like. Leaning towards Yui, honestly. I, I, she was more invested from the start, so like, if I'm making my pick, yes, since season one, yeah. I would have went for her. Yukino but, just has but, too much baggage, no. you know. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. Like, she's holding back her character, but like, you know, that season two finale, the fact that they continued off from it into season three, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, me neither. And like, if you probably were to watch those episodes back to back, that would have probably been an experience i'll say the least that season two finale was great any other anime from this season you guys want to talk about i do have a few i can mention that i can recommend go ahead all right so we have re-zero season two coming back from i think after four years now i know a lot of a lot of people loved the premiere i'm more indifferent i enjoyed it but it's a pretty big way to start into the season 
where you have all this development. Yeah, it's a Naki Subaru. And so basically, for anyone who does follow the series, he, he, he loves Amelia. Rem loves Subaru. But he cares for Rem, you know, the super overly complicated relationship. And the thing is, he rejects her in season one, like downright. He still cares. She still cares. Whatever. Well, I can't say he technically rejected her. More like she rejected. It was like a mix of rejection. Sounds like but essentially, uh, he is a very human character. He is like how I imagine most regular people to act when they go into another world and they have an ability like he has. And this is introduced in like the first episode. It's basically Groundhog's Day. It's it's return to death is what he calls it. He dies at a crucial moment. It's checkpoint. He moves on. He needs to like live, make it through, whatever, to keep moving forward. And so a lot of the early parts of season one to like a good chunk of the metal portion is him like going insane because in his mind, all these events keep happening and he's living them. He's experiencing life from multiple aspects and it's getting to him that no one ever remembers and he's doing all these things that, you know, for better or for worse is to survive and, you know, make everything work out for everyone that he cares about. And so you get through a lot of that development where he's like just deranged and it keeps getting worse. You get to like episode 18, 19, I think, is when him and Rem have that talk. Uh, I was actually a fan of that episode because it kind of gave Subaru development to move forward and like work towards his goal more confidently. And so when you get to the portion of the series against Sky Whale, I was a fan. And because you see Subaru take this leadership position where he's actually becoming the hero of the story, then you get to this premiere episode and this will be slight spoilers, but essentially gluttony was not the whale. It's it's like 77 Deadly Sins aspect with the villains. So gluttony was a pet. The whale was a pet of gluttony. And so basically when gluttony fights Rem because they're separated, because it's a whole big war, they're going back, you know, to rest and all that. Gluttony attacks the caravan. He attacks um one of the people, princesses, who could become the queen of the nation, who's with Rem at the time. And so she gets injured. She loses the power of her memory. But Rem gets, like, wrecked, and she's unconscious. And then you find out this whole tale about there's a rumor that people in the land will have this, like, eternal sleep, and people just forget about them and such. Subaru, because of his connections with the witch in the series, is unaffected by this, so he remembers everything. And so I understand, like, you know, he is very saddened because he's the only one remembering everyone forgets. But, you know, he comes off as an annoying character, and I don't knock him for it because this is, like, how I imagine, like, any random regular person getting knocked into another world to act. So it's logical in that sense, but at the same time, just when you get a few steps forward, I feel like it's hard to watch character have to regress. Now, I think overall, the first episode was done really well. It was a nice return. And that, I mean, I recommend the series. It's not, like, super high, 
on me in terms of series to recommend. In terms of Isekai, it's definitely on the better end of the spectrum. So I'll say that much. And did you guys want to talk about the Misfit of Demon Academy or no? Oh, wait, you already did, didn't you, Stan? For yeah, like I did. Five minutes, not even. That's why I already forgot. All right, and one other series I want to talk about. Not Sword Art Online, even though I am like probably one of like 20 people who has continued to watch the show because I started it, and because there's more, I keep watching it. And it's like average. That's not what I want to talk about. It's Rent a Girlfriend, and I, I watched it because I was looking at people talk about it, and I didn't see anything bad, so I'm like, okay, let me watch this. And I gotta say, it was way funnier than I expected. So basically, the main character, his name is... I know the girl's, the female lead is like Chizuru. So the main character's name is Kazuya. And he has a girlfriend. She breaks up with him, and he's like depressed. So there's this app called the Rent-A-Girlfriend where you can basically rent someone to date. And because, you know, he's, um, he's a male, and, you know, for lack of any complicated words to use he's pretty horny he decides to rent a girlfriend to date and it costs like 5,000 yen or something for a date and he goes on the first date and he thinks wow this date was amazing like but this is her job so when he goes on the app he sees all the reviews and it's basically a repeat of his whole date and so he goes crazy because he's like wait she was using me and she's basically just doing her job but he's mad because, you know, he just got broken up with. So he's like in his feels. He starts, so he goes on another date and he criticizes her the whole time. And then you get to the part of the episode where his grandma is in the hospital and she's really close to him. He's grandma's boy. And so he goes to the hospital and his whole family's there and she ends up going with him. And then basically his grandma's like, okay, uh, you know, I want my my grandson to get married before I die. And so she sees him with her and she's super excited. The whole family's like, how did this happen? How did he get such a girl? And he doesn't know how to play it off. And so they're trying to basically just say, it's not a thing. And then her grandma, the female lead, Chizuru, is also in the hospital. So both of them get caught up in this whole lie where they tell both their grandparents, you know, we're in a relationship and they don't know how to get out of it. And there's a lot of comedy stuff that I'm not even mentioning that makes the series very humorous. But unexpectedly, like first episodes for the season might be my favorite, honestly. But that's because I love comedy so much and I think it did comedy really well. I think the story is interesting enough to watch. I don't think it's going to be like 10 out of 10 story or anything like that, but I think the comedy, if it holds up, definitely be one of the more enjoyable watches that I would re recommend to anyone listening and to you guys. Yeah, I was planning on starting it. I have a couple more series that okay. I want to try, but I just haven't gotten to it yet. I'll say that one higher on the list. So anything you guys want to talk about, manga, anything else, really quick. We've been going on about all these series for a while, so... All right, guys, this is what we're all here for, right? Main discussion time. Yep. So this main topic, 
for this episode is what we all particularly love most about series, anime, manga in general that gets us into it. Also, some stuff we dislike. Who wants to start us off? Um, mostly, I personally enjoy um, character development and um, plot. Most people, uh, I know a lot of people that like um, either good action or good animation or good art or whatever. But I find personally, if it doesn't have a good plot or interesting characters, I can't stand it. That being, that no. being said, if the series has bad art style. I will also be much less likely to watch it or read it. Now, quick question. Are you referring to plot or plot? There is a difference. That is a valid question. I am referring to story, not etchy. Not not the plot we all care about. Okay, okay. We, we, we get it. We get yes. it. <laughs> I mean, I... I uh agree on the aspect of plot i think a very good plot is important now in terms of character development this is a very big argument i will have on like my one piece take is that if you write a character to already have a ground and a central focus they don't need to be developed further to change I see a lot of people complain about One Piece on that. Like, Luffy's the same. Usopp's the same. Different characters. And I think Usopp is one of the few characters that gets a ton of character development. I think the main focus on, like, a series like One Piece is developing the world. Can I, in can I interject on that, actually? Yeah, um, go ahead. In, in terms of uh, character development and, like, the quality of that, I don't necessarily mean that they ha uh, a story has to have good character development like within the series but if if the characters are already at a certain point of development that it's our the story itself is kind of like um implying that there was that character development and if that okay. implication is um is good enough then i can still enjoy yeah and just to close off my take a lot of the main characters developed in one piece happens through the flashbacks right so you cool, see baby. them before their struggles and you see how that changes them to where they are at the start of the story and i know you have not gotten to robin's flashback yet stan which is like happening right before the chapter i told you to stop at like it builds up into that moment and I mean, I think we can all agree who have yeah, read it's it. Pretty it's crazy. It is like one of the saddest backstories in the series. It is. And that whole build up that whole build up like to the I wanna live moment is so impactful. And I, I didn't read it first. I watched it, so you know, in terms of like watching a series that art style, I'd say One Piece kind of actually has that. It's not the worst. Old anime do have that downside that, like, series like Naruto and Bleach, in their beginning, the art style is, like, very 
back and forth between quality and not quality. So I don't let that take mm-hmm. away from a series too much. Like there's older series that might be harder to get into, but usually I think we all more or less focus on the story. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah, but just to get in the series, sometimes you have to overcome the art style. And so when it comes to One Piece, I think that is a downside. But I think the plot, like if you do want to watch the anime, in terms of how I view the series, I'm focused solely on the story and that other things are added to it, like the characters, the world building, and so on. That even if the art is off or the pacing is off, if the core story is really good, you're mainly focused on that. And then, you know, you'll pick and par- pick apart the things you don't like. But overall, you have at least that core to bring you along. <laughs> Uh, I agree nice, with nice. Stan on the whole art style thing. Uh, for the most part, I do love like when art style is weird. Just because it's like... I, seeing the whole cookie cutter bullshit gets annoying. But then, on the flip side of that, if it's too weird, it can like pull me out of it. So the, And that's like the first thing you see before you actually get to like plot character any of that shit is just like the style i guess so that hits me my eye first i don't put too much stock in it but it can change my opinion i suppose but i would say the thing that most impacts is like the world in general that's why i love one piece because the world feels huge and weird and same reason I love Hunter Hunter. It's like there's a fucking giant battle tower that's 200 stories over in one spot. There's an entire island that refuses technology that gets ganked by humanoid ants. Little mini Ishikai arc. Like none of this stuff feels the same to the last stuff. Which means like in my view that means the world's big. Big world's always fun. Uh, character growth is important. It's not like the most important. Like you were saying, One Piece. Or I was. I always think about like the spiders. Krola and Hisoka are two of my favorite characters in the show. But like, you don't know really jack shit about either of them. You know that like, Kro- you know where Krola came from. You know that he's the founder of the spiders. But you don't know too much else. But like watching him progress and like snake through York new like he just ends up growing on you so i mean yeah like describe it i'd say is like you have a already developed character and you're just seeing them be fleshed out more by the circumstances they come across and a lot of shonen don't do that in particular so the very few that do it and they do it well I think you get a lot of those standout characters that, you know, everyone more or less just loves. I think anyone can agree agree on that, you know? I I think everyone has their limit on fan service. I don't think it's a way from the series. Yeah, and, like, there's some weird, like, upskirts that, like, don't need to be happening. I understand (laughs) it's not made for our... They don't give a shit what Americans do. (laughs) Yeah, but... I don't know. It never pulled me out. That's just like a recent one I thought of that had a very it's oh someone, food wars. I was talking about cares. that. That's food wars is ridiculously over the top. 
but yeah, like it's kind of meta. It like I don't know. It the whole show is ridiculous. So like, why not have ridiculous fan service on top of it all? So yeah, I don't know. Anything that pulls me out, whether it be the art style or the fan service, or the same music being used, shitty character development, whatever. I don't like that shit. All right, Justin, what about you? Okay, okay. What draws you into, like, anime or manga series in general? And, like, what are some of your dislikes? Wait, let me throw another dislike on, because I'm thinking of Black Clover. (laughs) If the the main character's voice actor is impossibly annoying, I'm not going to watch the show. Okay, I will say... I believe the voice actor was like a new person, like into voice acting, something like that, relatively fresh. And it gets better over time. But that is also the reason I decided to read the manga before I ever watched it. Because I was like, dang, this is rough. And I was, wa- my, my um, brother was watching it with his girlfriend at the time. And they, the first episode was playing, and I was like, I came home from school and I had a headache, and that did not help. So I just went upstairs and went to bed, and I'm like, what is this nonsense? So it took me like months, almost a year before I ever like read it. I love the manga, and I've caught up in the anime, but you kind of have to get through like the first couple episodes before it ever mellows out. And I think that's such a disadvantage to the series of how rough it is to get into, even though I think that over time, even though it's really basic, it grows on itself. And maybe I'll talk about it when I go, but Justin, you got anything? What usually draws me to anime is just a good storyline in the first episode. It never has to be about fighting because I watch other anime. Like I've seen maybe three isekai anime and you know how much i dislike isekai anime and those are the only really have to stretch to get you into overly cautious hero yes oh you gotta watch that one troy oh my gosh i'll try it it was hilarious i'm waiting for season two and so as long as the first episode hooks me that's that's what gets me into the anime and it has to have a good storyline for me like maybe it can make me laugh a little bit or chuckle if it's a serious anime show the seriousness yeah give us a wall maria kick the fucking wall down (laughs) okay now i will say one of my favorite first episodes in anime and because haiki was like the first not the first it was one of the first sports anime I watched. Yes. IQ's first episode is is blew me away. I was like, I don't watch much anime episodes. I'm like, that's a 10 out of 10 first episode. But IQ got me in in one episode. Like, the fact I'm so invested in a fucking volleyball anime blows my mind. And it's only on the strength of the first episode because I binged like 30 after that. It was just like, oh, this show goes hard as shit. Okay, good to know. I, I binged the whole thing in a weekend. So, I mean. <laughs> and, and let me say, I watched it in dub too because I was at work. And I'm like, well, it's easier to watch in dub. 
and I still got so high. Yeah, if it's serious. Um. Yeah. Anyways, continue, Justin. I mean, you were talking about first episodes getting you into it. Yeah, and usually, usually it it also goes towards like regular TV shows where if it doesn't catch me in the first episode. I'll probably give it a five episode chance before I have my final verdict. And if an anime is so boring in the first episode, I'm not picking it up. Like, even if you hear this hype of, oh, like this anime is amazing, like, you definitely watch it. It's like, mm, I'm not gonna watch it because. I'll probably maybe pick it up and read it because that's how it went down with a lot of this new generation anime where I watched like 30 something episodes of Black Clover and obviously everybody was bashing it because of the screaming all the time. Anime did a pretty rough start in the beginning with filler, the voice acting. Yeah. Yeah, it's understandable. And mostly because it's animated by Studio Periot, and I hate those guys. Wasn't Perot so on I will say they before? have kind of been doing pretty well for the recent episodes. Oh, that's See, that, okay. Like, yeah, I, was, like, I thought they were the type of thing okay, that I don't want to get into. That's the thing that I don't want to get into is because if I'm reading the manga and the animation is poorly done, Mm-hmm. And it's already like episodes ahead. It's not like the One Piece situation because obviously One Piece is goaded. It's a part where I don't want to get to a point where the animation starts getting good 300 episodes later. I'm already reading the manga and that's already given me. And if you prefer it, I mean, it's not a loss. So Yeah. And that's and the manga's already given me enough. I could basically just continue reading that until it's over, and I'll be fine without watching the anime. And so yeah, that makes sense. And so stuff like that, where I need an anime where it shows a strong beginning. Doesn't matter if it's comedy, fighting, gore, or anything like that. As long as it has a interesting beginning where it's like i'll put that on my watch list (laughs) maybe i won't watch it now but i know i will watch it in the future that infinitely long anime watch list every weeb has yeah now i do want to talk about one piece's first episode because if you want to talk about anime i know in terms like if i'm talking about the manga I'd say One Piece is consistently from the beginning really good and it only improves over time. But in terms of anime, the probably main reason I got so invested into the series, and I also watched it in dub, so like this is like a sin in terms of anime, but also I was like watching it, I was doing school at the same time, and most of the episodes I'd watch at nighttime when I'm already tired. So if like my eyes start shutting at like some point. Can at least hear what's going on. So, anyways, the first episode is Luffy on Alveda's ship, and for the most part, it's okay. But when you get to the scene where Luffy's like telling Kobe, "Why don't you stand up for himself?" 
and Kobe basically just straight up roasts Alveda and calls her fat and ugly. I was laughing a gut laugh. Like when a series can get me to do a gut laugh, it invests me so much. Yeah. So when we got to like that point of the episode, I was like, okay, I'm like invested. And like, you know, it's not the best first episode. Like if it was the manga adapted, you know, like in a new generation style animation, like series like Hunter Hunter and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood get such a benefit from getting episode. redone <laughs> and improved on. A series like One Piece and a lot of older See, see, that's the thing. That's the thing. Uh, One Piece has been reanimating their anime into older scenes. Yeah, into like into the um specials. Yeah, I haven't watched it. But I heard that I've watched all of them. They switched a few things around with characters. They cut out stuff, yeah. Yeah. And I think in my opinion, I feel like they should start with like the original, the nineteen ninety one starter, because it gets you to a point where yeah, you watch a few of yeah, not important things. But You'll get the full experience of one piece. There's, there's a lot of important everything things. back. It is so it's like you mad wizard. I think any writer, like if you read what Oda does in One Piece, like just straight up the manga alone, I, I can't see how you wouldn't be inspired. Now, before I get into my takes, I do want to say, like, just in regards to older series, what I was going off first, like Getting into One Piece, difficult for anyone. 900 plus episodes, 900 plus chapters. But like those major shounen series that always get praise, Hunter x Hunter, Full Metal Alchemist, they came back, they got rebooted relatively recently. And so you have that newer animation style, more time to work on a lot of things, and to basically flesh out the series and make it more enjoyable. Like, if if we only had Hunter x Hunter, the original 19, was it 1999? Oh, no way. People, I mean, I've talked to you about it. They do York New really well, and they follow the start of the story. Introduces Kite at the very beginning, the way the books do. But overall, yeah, just if you do a side-by-side of gone or gone gone i don't know how pretentious do people want to be him him v uh hisoka it's like episode 47 i think on 2011 if you put those side by side it's not even fucking close like the 2011 is smoother cleaner more fluid they're able to do longer continuous shots of movement like it's just more visually satisfying so, like, it's way easier for, like, someone who's not already invested in the manga to then get invested because of all the stuff we've been talking about, like, art style, music, characters, like, the show's all solid. Yeah, exactly. And since they don't have the investment to the manga, they're going to be judging it on how it looks. And since 2011, it, that version looks so pretty. It was able to get it went from being like a little like a 
manga shonen that people loved that had an anime adaptation to then being one of the like shonen anime that like people refer to it yeah like people still will like argue is that as one of the goats and the fucking it's like not even finished like that's how good it is is like it's in, the it's in the conversation and it's not even done yet so like i don't know <laughs> yeah it's not even finished and, and that's specifically why i want to bring up one piece because in terms of anime you have to get through that whole beginning of the older style the older storytelling and surprisingly and for the anime and i think a lot of people over time eventually appreciate the story but it is considered up there with full metal alchemist brotherhood and hunter hunter and it's never been redone right so i i i I mean, I don't know if anyone in particular would think of it as a, an achievement, but I think that in terms for older series that had to go through that growing phase to like convert to today's fans in order for a series like One Piece to actually still be in that conversation, considering I know Justin, if you watch the anime, especially like post time skip, how the pacing gets, the fact that it's still considered in like the same circles as series that have really well done animes one piece has good moments and i think it does the major moments really well but in terms of the anime as a whole there are things you can criticize compared to the manga which it's very hard to find those things unless people really want to nitpick everything yeah for for me it's a lot of the main reason why people don't watch one piece a lot which i hate that reason for is oh I can't sit down and watch like they say I can't sit down and watch all these episodes it's like you're not sitting down to watch 900 episodes in one sitting that's not how you're watching, watching anime like one works episode at a time right yeah and I I told a, a really close friend of mine I was like you need to watch one piece and he said the only way I'll watch one piece is you should play a game with me. I was like, okay. <laughs> and you decided to change his life and you played that game. Let's go. Yeah. And I haven't talked to him in a few days, but I'm going to ask him again uh, if he started watching it yet because he said he was watching it on a website and it was buffering. So he decided, he decided to hold on. Yeah, he decided to uh, just keep it off for the day. I told, him, I told you Netflix has 300 episodes on their website. Not even 300. It has, it's um, Alabasta goes to like 130. No, dude. Yeah, I told and him. that's like good like, shit. <laughs> if you don't like Arlong Park. It doesn't take that long to, to watch that You're just much. a dumbass. It's not like you're binging. Like, I don't care how... The, the animation quality, anime. I don't like none of that shit. You you have bad taste. If someone tells me that they don't like Arlong Park, <laughs> any recommendation they make after that means nothing to me. Cause like it's that shit is so you got a good villain. You see Nami's backstory is incredible. You have like her growth throughout just that tiny little arc. You like watch her develop and become like what we now see of her and then like on top of all that like the fucking 
you get like an insight into who Luffy is. Zoro is just a badass the whole fucking arc. Like, I'm like, dude, that shit's primo. Arlong's such a good villain. And on top, on top of all of that, the rubber band of doom. And and what's it called? Mm-hmm. What like what I like about Oda and how he made Nami is when he introduced her. I was like, I don't trust her. It's like, mm-hmm. but she's sly. I don't think I can trust her. And then he makes her steal the boat, which makes you hate her even more. And then it's like, you see why she's doing he this. Like the scene with when she's on the boat and she's crying and she's like, Belmere. And so it's kind of like that shaky, wait, what is this for? But yeah, it kind of builds up to getting her to be hated. Yeah, that story was that story was done greatly. Now, now you said Arlong Park. If I'm going by manga, first chapter. If you're not hooked, maybe the series is not for you because you have the scene with Shanks. Guns aren't for playing. For you're me, gonna, you're gonna threaten someone. You better be prepared to take a life. Go. And the Go scene line. where he risks his arm for Luffy. As well, because this isn't shown in the anime until like episode 900. In a recap of the first, you know, flashback for Luffy, the original one, it's the scene where he's, he cuts the under his left eye because he's trying to prove to Shanks he's a man. And I think, like, in terms of the anime, uh, the manga, it's showing you Luffy's a, a fraction of his character development into the start of the series that the anime kind of takes away by doing it later. But, you know, it, it works out over time. Like, it takes away from it, right? And it, it really kills that part of Chimera Ant arc because, like, I talked to you about it before, like, because it's not shown in the series, like, that connection feels really forced because you really don't get that much of it in the anime. I don't know. It would not have been hard at all but to put Kai in the first value. episode. But, yeah, I think uh, Oda probably... I guess Togashi and Oda were doing it about the same time. Yeah, for Hunter x Hunter and One Piece. One Piece started the manga in Yeah, my, seven. my favorite uh, One Piece moment is always going to be... Oh, yeah. Shanks just like telling the... Forest. The... The... the what, his, was yeah. it a raider or, or what, what was it? The the mountain ba- bandit with the, um, yeah, the bandits slab of meat. So like he was chewing. just telling him like toys aren't guns, and then his homie Lucky Roo just yeah. comes up and pops him. Yeah, Lucky and Roo, he was smiling man. too, which which made you show like pirates aren't joke. And that means something to Luffy going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess it's my turn to talk about everything because we've went on plenty of ta- uh, tangents. I'll just give a quick, you know, take on my main points is comedy. Like, a series does not need comedy, but I love humor, like, intrinsically. I'm not a type of person who has, like, a specific type of humor and then, you know, another type of humor kind of turns me off on a series or something. Like, if the humor is done good, I will respect it. If it's done great, 
and it makes me laugh, I'll love it. I'll praise it. So like I was talking about um, Rent-A-Girlfriend had this hilarious scene that I was laughing. And I was like, okay, I'm invested into the series now because it got me to laugh out loud. So, you know, things like that. A series like Gintama, where a lot of the main aspects is comedy and parody, is one of my favorites because the comedy is great. But also I like a series like Attack on Titan, which if uh, I'm debating if I've ever actually laughed while watching Attack on Titan, there's jokes that like I'll make a mental note. Yeah, it's got like joke. running gags. I don't know and if I've like verbally gut laughed or anything like that. Yeah, like, but that's like the series Levi's in contrast that freak it doesn't need also short. to be great. But those aren't. Yeah, you're, that's it's not, not like, like small stuff thing. like the Sasha scene with the potato. You know, small things like that. It's not like super hilarious. So another thing characters for me determining how much i like a character can be based on like you know development or how well they are written based off of where they start so like they're just natural progression in the story how, how are they fleshed out like luffy i always write characters in one piece like my favorite non-luffy character because at the end of the day I don't think I'd like, or you'd get what you get out of a lot of the characters if Luffy isn't the captain he is, the character he is. You don't get those reactions. Like Luffy's Usopp, Luffy and Usopp's relationship is one of my favorites in the whole series because that's one character that he gets to be like a bro with, right? And you get like those early scenes in One Piece, and this is like an anime scene that I love, is when Luffy and Usopp have the cannon, they're doing cannon practice, and they shoot the rock that Johnny and Yosuku's on. And you get that scene where Nami's like, oh, he has scurvy, get him limes. And they just start shoving a pile of limes in his throat. (laughs) And he's, like, choking. And you're like, what the heck is wrong with them? And then, like, two seconds later, he's running around like, oh, I'm healed, I'm fine. And, like, Nami's like, that's not how this is supposed to work. And, like, scenes like that that are super hilarious in the series that are great. But you also get to see Luffy fleshed out, and I know Stan mm-hmm. isn't in this part of the series, but I'm going to loosely mention it is, because we all know what, we're talk- what I'm going to be talking about, is Luffy when he meets Rayleigh, right? And the scene where he's offered, you know, this big deal. I love and Usopp shit. is like straight up like, okay, I want to know. Tell me, what is it? And Luffy just straight up gets angry. He's like, listen, if you say that, and I hate that. I'm. This is it. I'm, my journey is done. I don't want to hear another word. Love that part. And like Luffy as a character gets developed in a different, unique way. Where because he starts off as so naive, and like even like pre-time skip, where I, in my opinion, One Piece story is told pre-time skip, post-time skip as like their own main sagas. And so like it's a prologue to what you get afterwards. And so that's where a lot of the character development and showing them happens and letting them grow. And then like post time skip is focused mainly on the story and you have all that build up existing. So the second half is to like show the progress, but like post time skip, you get to see a lot of their relationships and like a lot of gags with that pre time skip. You see the building of a lot of relationships like Luffy on Annie's lobby. And I know Stan read this Luffy versus Usopp where you see both the characters show who they are 
and Luffy is struggling with who he is because he wants to be the friend, right? He had this journey to be the friend, but Usopp, he's still stuck in his own past mindset where he thinks that his value is as much as the ship that he's been taking care of. So if you lose the ship, you lose him because he can't take care of the one thing that came with him from his home. And Luffy is struggling with the role of being captain and like Zoro is the one who has to like shape him up to take that role and understand what it means to be a captain. So you still have those like hints of character development happening, but you also have like that core value that as a base character, he doesn't change much. And I don't think he needs to change at all because it doesn't, the story doesn't require it because of how the story's told. That's one of the best Robin development moments too. Cause he's got inf- the same info that <laughs> she wants th- the same way he's got the info Luffy wants. And like, she turns it down the same way. I mean, he, she doesn't yell at the top of her lungs, but she's just like, no, like, made these friends. They took a chance on me. Like, I'm seeing it out with them. I was like, now, I do want to mention Robin real quick. I know, I love that about She doesn't get a lot of and major Luffy. moments, but she gets a lot of subtle moments that really shows what type of character she is. And she really trusts her crew. Like, that tight relationship. And the small scenes you get with her, like Justin, you know, Rianosuke, always in our hearts. Like, those type of scenes with Robin, like, and then just how much she cares for people because she never had that her whole life. It's crazy, right? Yeah, totally. It it totally highlights where two of the crew members stand. And then, I guess, Usopp backpedals so you like kind of so impactful you see where he stands but you also get yeah exactly so you like see a bit about who he is and then here's another side note because i just L- you were just uh, talking uh, about zoro's Luffy's wish. Beach so after the or during the like fight with usup i'm uh oh, so luffy just fought caesar a couple episodes ago and there's a part where he's running mm-hmm. on this like pathway and Zoro just like ignores all the fighting and just starts walking at him. And he's basically just like, yo, get your head out of your ass. And Luffy's just like, oh shit, okay, I got it. Like Zoro's just always like keeping him in line where he's like, I didn't come out to the dangerous ass ocean to follow like not the king of he came to follow the king, right? That's the whole thing with him versus Mihawk. It's like, I'm not going to disappoint you, Luffy. I'm not going to lose again. You are my captain. As long as you're pursuing this dream that's even harder than mine, I will keep you in line, and I will make sure I'm in line. I was, dude, I, I, was, I was trying to, like, Just think right of a in way. Hand. Cause like he's Someone, no, don't a call dumbass. Him told, like, he does so many things. He couldn't things, find his like, way from that dumb. entrance of the door. <laughs> Yeah, but when <laughs> comes to shove and he just like always slaps some sense into him. He he's like the rock that Luffy needs to lean on when it comes to being a captain. But like as I was saying, for characters, One Piece characters, they have like these intrinsic values that like we can discuss so easily if you follow the series that make the characters so enjoyable and they don't need to develop beyond that. 
especially gags. Like, I like a lot of the running gags in the series. I know people hate, like, certain stuff with Sanji because of how it does Whole Cake Island arc. But I'm like, this was built into Sanji's character from the start. I don't see a reason for it to change. And I don't see why you would say it's bad that it doesn't change. Because it's who he is and it's how he was raised. You know, and that's what happens with most of the characters. It's who they are. It's where they came from. That affects on what you'll see from them. And at the end of the day, they will focus on helping the crew. But they all have their own personalities that, you know, might add to comedy or conflict. But it usually resolves itself. So another thing, because I can use One Piece again, like, so easily. It, it's, it's my, like, core template for talking about stuff world building and specifically making the world feel alive like there are not a lot of series that i feel like Mm -hmm. so much is happening and so much is alive in a series at one time where you have like a plots to z plots happening at the same time and they get revealed at such different moments and even where you're at stan i feel like you can probably agree on that part where there's like certain small reveals that happen that you're not like paying attention to that suddenly it comes back in like a moment's notice. Yeah. Um, and adding on that, I feel like even just the, uh, for the manga, even just the fact that there's like the cover stories, those alone do more for like the, the feeling of like having an alive world, as you said than most uh, series do. It's something really unique that Oda decided to do, and, like, they don't animate everything. They barely animate anything. There's only, like, two or three cover stories animated for the series, which is kind of sucks, but, you know, I find those super enjoyable and, like, a big aspect to the world building that, like, if other series did that to, like, connect plot points that, you know, you would forget and feels like, oh, you're just, like, adding this in here for the sake of forcing it, but you have like Impel Down is built up on the Crocodile Baroque Works cover story, right? Mm-hmm. I know Stan doesn't know this yet, but Gep, you, I sent that to you. And you also have me and Justin know the CP9 independent report does come back and have a play later. And so having a series feel so alive feels like such a unique thing that there's not many series. Like, I'd say Hunter Hunter, I give, like, praise to that. It can do that. Are you well, talking also. all the A and B plots? I don't know if I'd say to the same scale. I, I'd let you... Yeah, I would say, gap, if you're you not know? talking One Piece, then Hunter Hunter would probably be one of the better ones to talk about. Like, how well it feels alive as a series, you know? Now that the world's expanded, I the potential for all of that type of stuff increases a lot yeah i don't i stopped reading the manga basically i know the first little i'll probably know the first like let me just say you don't even know you're not ready i know yeah like into this new season i'll know a bit but yeah for the most part you know like a good it's 10 gonna or all be 15 chapters me, so i'm like i don't know that's pretty exciting but i can't say I can't speak on the world building. It, it, there's like specific moments where it just happens and you're like, wow, that's what was happening the whole time. And like, there's not a lot of series that can nail that aspect. 
like world building a lot of series can do world building like naruto has it i think the downside of naruto is like when you get to shippuden where it has a lot of stuff introduced and it barely uses any of the stuff and then it kind of like scratches at some of the stuff and makes it feel useless like you introduce it you try to build it up and it kind of feels like it becomes irrelevant or a series like bleach where it introduces stuff as it goes it, there's not much development to building up the world you know oh, yeah. shown is just a really easy thing to use my hero does development like with the society but in terms of like the world it feels really small it doesn't even feel like all of japan it feels like just like the circle that ua encompasses yeah that's one of the reasons is because it just feels they like talked about the other high schools from all over japan and then i thought it was gonna get a little bit bigger or more broad i mean it's taken it's basically just no part two like it's not it doesn't feel like anything i think it's been i think the manga has been doing pretty well recently take on it is the weekly like reading it in terms of weekly it doesn't feel bad it feels like the chapters are good they're enjoyable but like in the grand scope it feels like reading something like the cell saga because cell doesn't know when not to get stronger type of thing and it's basically what they're shigaraki is much better than cell he's one of my favorite characters in the series he's a great villain but how they're handling him, and it's not his fault, it's the heroes in regard don't feel like they match him to any extent. Yeah. And it's hard to make this culmination feel believable. And, you know, it's a wait and see, so hopefully it feels like it fits better. That's what I'm waiting for. But, like, reading it weekly with that in mind, it kind of pulls me out of the experience because I'm like, this is kind of too unbelievable. And, like, that's a downside that you mentioned, Get, is that when a series, the writing starts to feel like it's not following how it began or how it's, you know, being set up, it pulls you out because it feels like it's a subversion on its own buildup. And that can work for better or for worse, right? Chapters are all super fun. Under the general direction, I start. I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can because I like a lot of the stuff per the chapter, which I won't spoil anything. But, like, yeah, the, the big scope of things. He, some of those panels are fucking incredible. Man. See, a character like Mario and Endeavor proved to me Horikoshi can write really well done heroes. Now, personally, I don't care that much for All Might. Like, it's just my take. I don't think he's bad, but I don't think he's, like, as great as people say because I don't see him written to be the type of person people talk to him as. Or, like, that father-son relationship implied with Deku. Yeah. Like, if he was my father, I would be worried because he would basically, like, give me a, a screwdriver and tell me to fix a chair but would never teach me how to, what equipment to use or how to do it. He'd just give me the screwdriver and be like, all right, get things done, kid. And he wouldn't even buy the chair for you. you got to find a chair to build, right? So someone like Aizawa, though, I think is like a much better mentor-type character. And so when we get these moments in the manga recently, I like those moments. Now, there are specific stuff that like... Yeah, he sounded you know, super cool. A specific himself. line Deku says that I'm like, all right... 
slow your roll that you kind of sound a little ignorant right now but outside of that like it, it, it i mean it the whole world is at stake more or less and it sounds like he does not care about anything else without getting into spoilers but you know a part of the reason like i have trouble with the series is deku as a character i feel like his progression because he is a character that is written to be developed it's the style that he began with so like certain developments that it feels like he's not reaching to Amelia would give the a main attraction to this part of the series like if Emilio deku gives him his quirk you know all for one boom story's done we have you know god send save the world whatever not happening i know Dude, but the thing about Deku is, is he feels like the foil for the rest of the class. It should be the opposite, where, like, the other characters are, like, helping Deku grow and develop, and it feels like Deku is only there to service... He feels like the outline, like... Yeah, it's like he's servicing Bakugo and uh, Todoroki and even Kirishima a little bit, where it's like... He was quirkless the whole time, right? Yeah, it, like, follows Deku, but all the real development is just kind of outside of him, like, because of him. It's not even that, in my opinion. I feel like, in the beginning, he had, like, a specific character that he was gonna be. But now, now, he's he doesn't... It's not even that he, like, stagnated. He's just hasn't been written like in like so many chapters like he doesn't have a character at this like he's been on the page but with nothing to show for it he's he's like an extension of the plot exactly being told now i know justin read the recent chapter of black clover correct yes yami is um a, a shonen protagonist who got iskied into Black Clover mm. universe, and it's the only explainable reason why he's like a god. And Asta, who is my my take on Black Clover, and it'll go into my um love for world building in general, is that it is like the most basic series at the start. Justin, you've read it, so I think you can agree there, yeah. right? So basically, like, you know, in terms of, like, Shonen Jump and stuff, um, getting a series published, a lot of series start really basic because they try to get a lot of appeal. And so Black Clover has, like, there's not much unique things about Black Clover that makes it stand out from other series. What it does do is take a lot of the most basic overused tropes, but somehow does it in a lot of ways really enjoyable and to, like, some of the best extents they can reach. Like, a character like Noelle, female character. A lot of shounens don't do female characters, like, well, especially Sundere characters. Noelle is, like, probably one of the most enjoyable Sundere female characters. And then you have, like, a character like Mario Leona, who's super amazing in her own right. And you have the mentor figure Yami, who, like I said, the most recent chapter where you have him and Asta side by side, and just the build-up to that moment, I straight up had goosebumps. My temperature rose the moment I read those lines. Like, when I know I'm reading or experiencing a hype moment, my body 
feels it for me. So like that's usually my measure for these types of things. <laughs> and that was like one of those moments. It's been a while since I had one of those moments where I'm like, I just got super excited. I like went into the chat, talked about it right away because I was just super hyped about it. But when it comes to the world building, which it recently got into, was after like the whole main arc it was going for with the elves, it decided to build the world to branch out. And we have this new arc, which is overlapping a lot of the other, you know, um, countries outside of the, or kingdoms outside of the Clover Kingdom. So you're getting the Spade Kingdom Diamond Heart you know, like card suits. And so you get to explore those worlds. We're getting to see more of it. And like, it's slowly done and it's hinted at from the start. And I like that style of world building. It's it's basic. And a lot of series do this style of world building. But like, if you keep working towards it, you can get really good payoffs mm-hmm. for like the seeds. And that's where I, I put respect on the creator of Black Clover where it seemed like fighting that one demon... His art is great. ...was going to be its last, like, chapter. Yeah. The last arc? Or the last chapter, essentially. And then, obviously, in previous chapters, he's revealed the other kingdoms and what might happen. But I did not know he was going into this direction until he started it. Yeah, I was pretty excited because I'd say, like, in terms of time skips, usually they start off to, like, reinvest you into the characters, see how they've changed or grown real quick. And it's supposed to be, like, a really easy obstacle in the next arc. But this arc, it's, like, you trained just to be strong enough. So you have, like, a short time skip. But it's not to show off. It's It's to basically be, like the bare minimum strength you need to actually make it through yeah. this next arc, which I think is, like, a really cool way to do it. Like, Hunter Hunter kind of does it with, like, the tower, the battle tower, you know, where they're training. Gone is training just to reach the opportunity to take on Hisoka, right? It's kind of like how that's... Yeah. And so, lastly, the last thing I like about a series, which I've kind of touched on, is, like, because I said that art and animation don't really bug me the way i view stories i kind of like experience it from like every character angle so it's kind of like an immersive weird experience i've never heard people talk about experiencing anime like this i think you know certain anime you'll definitely feel it like some of your favorite anime i kind of do this with every series where like i said when a series is alive you can feel it so However alive a series is, is more or less my experience from it, and I'll experience it from, like, all character angles. I think it's a really unique type of way to view a story, because you're, like, viewing it from, like, a grand narrative, like, this world is alive, and you're living a part of it. So when you have good writing, good world building, and all those pieces come together, like, you get that unique experience. And I'm not someone to, like, cry at some a moment just because it's sad. I, I genuinely... Like, a sad moment wouldn't, or a gory moment doesn't disgust me, or a sad moment doesn't make me sad just for the sake of it. But if it's built up in the story aspect to feel like it's earned, and in, like, you invest into it, like, the, um, how should I say this in One Piece terms? The hole-in-one scene? Um, I don't Do know. Do you guys follow that scene? I don't want to say the name, but hole-in-one is, like, the best way I could say it. 
it's in Marineford. You know, yep, Aka yep, Inu yep, is yep, uh, yep. going for a hole in one on Luffy. You know, so that scene, right? I knew what was going to happen beforehand. Like spoilers, things like that. I I check them a lot. You know, I do that all the time. It doesn't affect my experience because, like I said, I feel like I'm living in the experience. So I know it's unique from a lot of people. Like if they see spoilers, it turns them off. If they see something they dislike or something, I'm all about like how a story is executed because I feel that as I'm experiencing it. So like when it comes to that scene and I knew what was going to happen and you feel like, oh, maybe it's going to change. Like you're following the way the story is telling you to follow. So I'm riding that wave and you get to that moment where you're like, okay, everything's going to work out. Luffy did it. And then he drops the beaver card. And then that scene happens. That hit hard. Like, that's the only time in an anime I genuinely cried. Because I was just so invested into the story that I'm like, bro, how could you do that to me? I felt betrayed. Like, Oda was, like, going for a gut punch. It hurt. And, like, there's a lot of series I don't cry. I, like, like I said, it's the only time I cried for a series. But I will get emotional when it does it really well. And, like, you know, I'll feel that welling up or something like that. Usually it's never enough to push me to that point. Which I'm hoping a series does. I like experiencing those feelings. I feel like it means the story's done really well. I feel like that's an accolade. Like, being happy when you should be happy. Being hyped when you should be hyped. Being mad when you should be mad. Things like that. That's the type of experience I want to experience out of a series. So when a series is done really well... That is one of my favorite things, is making those feelings out of it. And I think One Piece, because essentially the way Oda writes it is that he can basically make any island any genre he wants. He can do what he wants with any island to give you a different flavor. And it's always some new experience you can get out of it, right? So it's just like one of the main aspects of why I like the series so much is because I feel like the world is so alive and that you can experience it the way it's being intentionally told exactly that it's like the world building the the way he can control the things that he wants to put in there is what makes the series so good is because he literally created yeah you heard of like mermaids and all this stuff but he decided to make the fishmen really important in a way to where it's not just oh this person like the fishmen live on this place the humans live on this place not just a different race they have their own experience now this also comes into like my one dislike of a series is when i feel like it abandons the storytelling it started with and my best example is Demon Slayer manga because I can't even say the moment because it still gets me mad. And like I said, because I experience it like as an intrinsic feeling, if I talk about the moment, I will, for one thing, spoil everyone. And secondly, I will be personally heated, but I'm just going to say this. Demons cannot survive sunlight. And I know you know this, Justin. So if you know what scene I'm talking about, I was straight, I, I, I like turned off my phone, threw it on my bed, it was walked plot away. Armor. I took a break. Plot armor, that, that goes beyond <laughs> plot armor. That is, that is like the writer going in there 
and the forces of the story being stopped at a moment's notice like the god of plot like the god of the world you live in said uno reverse no you i was so upset and that's like chapter 100 something also muzan built up as this crazy cool intimidating villain you get what he is in the manga he's like one of my least favorite villains and it's not his fault the story nerfed him so hard and i know there's reasons like the authors you know uh family's health and stuff that might have contributed but at the same time there's ways you could have told the story without abandoning yeah. what you started you it's know? and that's just like one big yeah the, like I have. the story just makes it he created a blockage to where he couldn't move away from and he had to continue it, it, it's like what dragon ball does except you know you have super saiyan form so you just you want to get stronger add yeah. a new form right but in this case you didn't really have all those things so you kind of have to like nerf the villain you built up to make the heroes even match yeah it's basically just he he made the power levels just too extreme and that made him stuck and he i mean the power levels could have made sense if the heroes in the story rivaled the demons well. I, I think the demons were built up way yeah. too strong after Muzan eliminates all the lower moons, which is at the end of season one. And then Ass the rest pulls. of the villains are just way too strong for it to make sense. Gotta love it. About how they keep overcoming these obstacles. Basically, because it's like that's essentially what it is. And I can't even spoil the train that arc because I had that, that get one is... spoiled for me. I'm I'm fine with the train arc up until the very like last yeah. one, two chapters with mm -hmm. you know what happens. I'm like, at least give them the win. Just do that. But yeah, it's just everyone's competing to see who I I, I know <coughs> like Game Slayer fan more. base. I've seen like you go to one comment like section or whatever, there's Spoilers under the sun. Who, who can drop the biggest oh. spoiler? <laughs> Alright, anything else you guys want to talk about about what you like, dislike, or add on to what anyone else has said? Yeah, I feel like I'd just be talking more about Hunter Hunter at this point. Alright, if that's all, we'll end off the main topic there. In honor of Diego, I will mention he loves art. He loves references to music. He is a good man. Hopefully he will be here Hopefully. next week with us. I've also watched JoJo's, but he's not here. I will say I love the meme culture of JoJo's. Like A lot of anime don't have that type yeah. of meme culture. There's very few that have it that well. I know there is those extreme type fans who have like really bad taste and all. Who will get, keep agree. a joke going for too long. But I think JoJo's has earned its spot in being relevant to meme culture which is amazing well okay thanks for joining us whoever you are out there hopefully you enjoyed feel free to discuss do you guys want to plug any social media you want them to contact you on if you want to talk with them or anything no not yet for me uh sure 
my Instagram is at manly underscore Stanley. And uh, if you want, you can DM me about whatever. I'm totally down to talk. Other than that, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Yep. Um, no, nah, I don't like strangers. <laughs> don't fucking DM me. Well, anyways, you can catch me at Flazadude on YouTube, Twitch t- twitch.tv at Flazadude for when we start, or slash Flazadude when we start streaming sometime around August. Maybe I'll stream before then. And on Twitter, at Flazadude. See, I like to keep things simple for everyone. You know, all efficient. It's a working unit. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. See you. Bye.